0: This podcast is the overflow of a three and a half minute song called Jesus Happened. You can expect raw and real conversation, stories, and testimonies of my personal Jesus Happened moment, along with many others. So here we go with another episode of the Jesus Happened podcast. Jesus!
1: The difference between a conversation with the wall and a conversation with
0: the one who made you and loves you and knows you better than you know yourself and could ever be loved by anybody. I don't want to just be some Pharisee that knows the Bible. I don't want to just know about God. I want to know God. You know? He he died for our freedom.
1: You know what it's like. He died for our freedom. It's like when you go to the optometrist or to get glasses and they're like flipping through the lenses, and they're like, which one's better? A or B. <gasps> And you're like, go, you're like looking, you're like, okay, this is how I see And then you get a clear one. You're like, wait, I can actually see now. Whoa. And then you get a clear one. You're like, whoa, wait, whoa. it gets clearer than this? That's what it deliverance kind of feels like. And so you're like, well, it's really clear now, but I bet it can get clear. Like, I want it to
0: be clearer. And we're recording. Wow! Hello, hello, raspy <laughs> Maddie. Oh my gosh! I'm so thankful to have a podcast where I can have my friends on it. It's so fun. Like this is such a blast. Maddie and I run run together. We run this race of faith together. We have seen each other be delivered of demons. Okay. We have seen each other walk away from the same um, demon trap. multiple traps, <laughs> aka relationships. We have, you know, we have seen each other um, love Jesus. You know, fall in love deeper and deeper and surrender more and more and more. It's been so beautiful. She is also um, a musician. She's been mm-hmm. a musician. She'll talk about it in a little while. But uh, but it's a gorgeous day here in Nashville, Tennessee. It's like 70 degrees and sunny with zero humidity. It's California weather. I know, which beautiful. makes this California girl happy. So I grew up in
1: Los Angeles suburbs, Emerdondo Beach, which was kind of like a sleepy surfer town. Um nice it was really fun our childhood was literally just being at the beach all day long and it was awesome that's incredible I grew up um there lived there my whole life and then it I loved parts of it parts of it got like it started to change over the years and kind of got more like affluent and then like the atmosphere changed a little bit so yeah I kind of wanted to leave and ended up going finding a Christian school in Pennsylvania went there to play volleyball I don't understand, maybe it was a love that the Lord put in my heart, but I just decided that Pennsylvanians are my favorite The I just was like, I want to get as far away as possible and go somewhere completely new on my own. And, um, the furthest thing I could find was Philadelphia Pennsylvania. (laughs) (laughs) And I went and every single person I met would look at me and say, you're from, why are you here? I was there two years and then, um, transferred to Belmont Okay. and basically I had played volleyball my whole life. It was my world. And I think one season in, I went home for winter break and was in a prayer room because there was like a season in my life where I was so close to the Lord at that point. And I felt the Lord say, will you give up volleyball for youth ministry and music? And it was like, oh, it's like the moment in Ezekiel. I've never seen it until just now. Like the moment in Ezekiel when the Lord says, son of man, stand up. And then the word it says that as the words entered Ezekiel, it stood him Woo! up. I remember this moment and the Lord said will you give up volleyball and like as he asked the question my heart was a resounding no but as the question finished it was a okay this is
0: done. It was like in the question my heart was changed. It was the craziest thing and I was like I'm done with volleyball. In a couple sentences will you just tell everyone kind of like how you grew up like were you in the church were you out of the church what what was your connotation for the Bible for the name Jesus for the name Holy Spirit. (laughs) Oh, man, from
1: a very, very young age, like maybe, f- I think, four years old. At that point, my dad wasn't a believer. My mom was Catholic, and then my mom had an encounter with the Holy Spirit and started taking my sister and I to a Christian church. I think she went to a church where the Holy Spirit was moving Whoa. at that time. It was a beautiful move of the Lord, and she got re- like fully saved, like came into a full encounter with Jesus, passed the religion. At four years old, we were on a hike at a, a Christian camp, and I said... Like, Mom, I want Jesus to live in me. Like, how can I do that? And Whoa. she was such a baby believer, but felt the leading of the Lord and had me pray. And, and her mind was like, she's too young. But she felt the Lord say pray. And so I accepted the Lord in my heart. Woo! At four. My dad got saved when I was about 10 years old. So years later. And this, was, this is an amazing story. But he... Basically, like my mom would go if she went out of town on a girl's trip or something. He'd be like, good news, girls. Like, mom's gone. We don't have to go to church. We can sleep in, make pancakes. Whoa. Because all he knew was religion. And his family had been kind of really hurt by like a situation with like legalism and religion mm. um, that had turned his mom away from the Lord. Whoa. In in this little city in Idaho. And um, so he wasn't for it at all. So he had a really bad taste in his mouth from it, from like genuinely being mistreated. And he would see that me and my sister would say, no, we want to go to church. Like we love God. (coughs) And he'd never seen that. So he was like, okay, well, maybe there's more to this. And he basically decided, all right, I'm going to find out what this is about and decided to read the Bible cover to cover. What? And he just picked up a Bible, started at Genesis, worked his way through and somewhere along the way, Realized it would be a bigger leap of faith not to believe than to believe.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> so basically, your childhood was filled with Jesus. It was filled with Jesus at different times, and like we were all finding him together. And wow!
1: And the the message of the of a lot of the churches in Los Angeles was be amazing and change the world and like do something really big for God because like you believe in him and you want others to believe. So. Now you need to go out there and be amazing to win the world to yourself. Ooh. And then once the whole world's in love with you, They'll
0: then find you can him, be like, maybe. hey,
1: I love Jesus. So since I'm amazing and you trust me, don't you too? Like that Ooh. was kind of, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent positive if that's what was taught, but that's what I learned. That's what I heard. So I don't wow. want to put that on any teachers. Yeah. But that's what I learned. And that's what I see a lot of my friends fall into. From Jesus. That. And so it became this, like, crazy pressure. And it was like, oh, well, I love singing and I can sing. So clearly God gave me a voice so I could go and become famous and really successful in music to, like, win everybody to God. Yeah. <laughs> so See, I what's... want
0: whoever ends up hearing this to hear the truth.
1: To so hear the truth.
0: Like, something that Maddie and I and everyone at our church can relate to is we didn't know the truth. Mm-mm. And the truth is what sets you free. Oh. Uh... And the Bible says he is... The way, the truth, truth, and the life. So if you're not, maybe someone shows you that he's the way. Okay, well, that's awesome. Yes, that's important because we got to know where we're going. Big part of it. You know? And maybe someone tells you that he is life, like eternal life. But what if they don't tell you the truth Mm -hmm. of the matter? That's a big piece missing, which might be the entire thing missing. It's like
1: huge. It's the foundation. It's the
0: foundation. And so... Basically, my point is, is that when you and I found out the truth, I think, I think realizing that we were in deception wasn't scary anymore. It was exciting that we were no longer in it because it's freedom.
1: Just around 16 years old, I I gave the Lord my heart when I was four, but I had no idea what that means. Obviously, I was a four year old. God's so patient with us. His process is so beautiful. When I was 16, I encountered the Holy Spirit. A woman named Heidi Baker, who's a missionary, came to my church. I felt a buzzy, weighty, glorious presence of God while she spoke and drippy, oozy love, like whoa, love is in the room. If it could tangibly be in the room, it was while she spoke. Yeah. And I thought, This is God. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I found him. There was kind of like a kind of like an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that hit my church. How old were you? In that season? I was sixteen years old. Sixteen years old. Years old. And I found God in a way I'd never found him before. And I decided, I want him. This is all that I want. So for a season, I really, really sought him. But I didn't really know that I could seek him by reading the word. I just thought I had to rely on feelings. So I would I would literally, as a 16, 17-year-old in my bedroom, sit in my room and like, be like, oh, I want you. I want to feel you, God. And for a little season, I did. And then now I know he was leading me into, like, okay, I, I found you. I love how Cheyenne shows us this, like, he encounters you to teach you to encounter him. Woo! But I was just, I don't know how to encounter him. Like, so draw near. Just, draw near like, to him so he can draw near to you. Yes. And Woo! James, then says that. And so I was waiting for that, and kind of, like, the Lord drew me, and it was my turn to, like, okay, now I seek you. And I didn't know how to do that, so I, it kind of, like, faded, and I just thought, like, Wow. Okay, well... I mean, I want God. Like, God's all that I want, but if he's not going to, like, show up and, and like, it kind of got lonely, so I was like, well, if, if God's not coming to my room, then I guess I'll just go hang out with these friends Jesus. and go to this party.
0: And no one was around to teach you. No one was really around to, to teach me. To maintain
1: that. You know, and I just didn't, I didn't know that I had a part to play. I wasn't taught that. Now, that, I had no relationship with the word of God. I did read the Bible in church and stuff, but it was, it was like... This book is where our faith came from. So it's like the historical context. I should know it and not like I open it up and I'm like, okay, hi, God. What do you want to say? And like, this is huge. Jesus. Which is a huge difference. A huge difference. That makes it like sweet. TB yeah. That- Joshua says to read, to meditate on scripture is a visit with God. <laughs> so like now I'm like, oh, like I want
0: to go out to heaven. Okay. Let me read my Bible and talk to God. Literally. And you can see see what I Anytime. didn't I didn't know what you didn't know at that sixteen year old age. For me, it was more so. I think I was more so searching around like twenty twenty one. It was in like my darkest outward hmm. season. And what I mean by that is I was you know living with a guy. I was I had no shepherds. I I didn't know. I was like a lost sheep. I mean I was just lost. lost. I was lost. Truly searching in all the wrong places. You know personality tests and whatnot yeah you know i was trying to figure it out and um because that's the
1: only way that we're taught yeah by the world by the world
0: but what no one told me is what you just said is that you can literally find god in the word and not just in like like you said not just in like a a bible study-ish way like that's yes study your word yes study the bible and have bible studies that's beautiful it's so beautiful but if the spirit is not bringing it to life for you it really might just feel like dry bread yeah because it is It's, it's
1: like, like the difference between a conversation with the wall and a conversation with the one who made you woo. and loves you and knows you woo. better than you know yourself and could ever be
0: loved by anybody in Jesus name like I just pray for whoever hears this yes Lord. to experience God through his holy word yes through his holy word by we his holy Spirit. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That reminds me of an encounter. One time I was sitting at, at a coffee shop here in Nashville called eighth and roast. And I was reading the word and I was eating the word. I was so in love with, Je- I'm, I'm still in love with Jesus. But at this point I was just falling deeper and deeper and deeper in love mm. with his word. But I wasn't feeling like that overwhelming peace that I've, that I knew I could feel while I was reading the Bible. Cause I had felt it in the past and I closed my eyes and I started to invite the Lord in and this is all by his spirit. We don't do this in our own strength cuz cuz we're not that smart. <laughs> we're not that smart. We don't think we don't think that way naturally. Our sinful nature is to just do our thing, you know. Yeah. But in that moment, I was sitting there by myself in public, people all around, and I I felt like I had like an open vision of Jesus walking up and tapping my shoulder and sitting down next to me and saying, "Will you read me with me?" Oh. Uh, and I was like, "Yes." Oh my gosh. Forgive me, Lord. I don't want to just be some Pharisee that knows the Bible. I want to know. I want to be with you in you Uh through you reading you, AKA he is the word reading him about him. I don't, I don't want to just, I don't want to just know about God. I want to know God, you know? And so it was such a beautiful, beautiful, you know, he was teaching me. He was teaching me how to, how to encounter him. (laughs) while studying him.
1: because
0: uh, Go find him. Go find, find him in your
1: room. Find him. Uh, find him in your car.
0: That makes ah. me so excited. I know. Praise the Lord. Okay, so anyways.
1: So, if I had known that, well god's sovereign so everything's happened the yeah. way it should but because i didn't know that i took it as well god must not want to spend time with me right now if he's not coming so wow. <laughs> until he does come back again and encounter me i guess i'll go with my old group of friends which partied and did and i was always like the quote-unquote good girl if as if, if i could be raw on this podcast for sure I was the good girl because I didn't do cocaine and ecstasy. I just, like, tried weed once and would drink and get drunk. But I wouldn't do drugs because I was the good girl of the bad kids. Woo. And everyone slept around, and I only kissed tons of boys. And so I was That like, was considered that good was my, to you. Right. Oh, my gosh. I, if anyone had asked me if I was pure, my friends called me the Virgin Maddie. Like, as a joke. Are like, you the serious? Maddie. Yeah. And, like, not even in a mean, teasing way. Just, like, I was the pure. And this was, like... The Lord, once I came into freedom and was so delivered and cleansed by his blood and by the word, I realized, like, my whole life, I had, there was the part, which now I know is the battle between my spirit and my flesh, but there was the part of me that, like, loved God, like, truly. It was a love that his spirit had put in me back for himself, and I loved him. I was so drawn to him. I never, I never wanted to turn away from God. Um, wow. Very thankful for that, but at the same time I really had an issue with lust um our like the area I grew up in our parties the guys would just turn porn on in the background so I'd be like at a a party hanging out with friends and there'd be like a disgusting porno in the background just on the huge TV and And, that was normal and that was normal and I like I didn't like it so I wouldn't look but you know that spirit was there and and, um sure was and I would hear I always had this thought all throughout high school and it was so common that I never realized, like, wow, that's a demonic spirit. Um, But I always heard, like, wow, it's a good thing you're a Christian because if you weren't, you would be a huge bad word. And I never had a boyfriend until college, and people thought it was because I was, like, such a good pure girl, but it was because I couldn't pick. Like, it was, I was Jesus. so boy crazy. It was, I was so honestly filled with, like, a spirit of lust. And, um... Woo. And that just like very much drove my heart. Like I was attracted to someone and then would like them for a minute. And then as soon as they started to like me, I'd be like, ew, and be attracted to someone else. Like I was totally being led you know, by a demon. By a demon. Um, so that was like a big part. And oh, this, is, this is why I wanted to say that is there was a huge part of me that knew that like being totally pure was like in whole like I would hear the word be holy be pure like fully and to me it sounded so boring and I didn't want anything to do with it because I really liked the attention from boys I really liked them thinking I was cute and I really liked flirting and it was just there was this thing in me that loved the attention and thought not only does purity sound boring but also I just I I, I fully was convinced that purity was not my personality. Woo! That's what it was. <laughs> I was convinced it was not my personality. And it's so good for some people. And that's beautiful. But it's just not me. So, like, I'll do my best to manage it. And, like, not have sex before marriage. And not be in too many relationships with guys. and like, Jesus. And just manage the demon that was in me.
0: <laughs> See, that right there is what fooled me, too. It fooled me because I remember I would blame my personality too. I remember girls would say, girls would tell other girls wow. behind my back, we don't like being around Baylor because all the boys like her mm-hmm. and not us. And I loved that. Yeah. Same. I loved that. I called myself a guy's girl. Me too. That's demonic. It's <laughs> demonic. And I blamed my personality because I thought that it was my, you know, it was just how I was. I couldn't change it. I, I didn't know it's my lot it's it's such a poor pitiful me lot that that kind of thing like yeah. i have no girlfriends Ugh. meanwhile i'm pushing them all away which pure, yeah literally, literally literally
1: actually say that because i was i thought i just girls didn't like me not knowing that there was a spirit in me like keeping me from being afraid of their rejection and so rejecting them rejecting and then them. the reason why i pushed girls away and had so many close guy friends was because oh this is so gross when you say it for what it is but it's true I felt safe in a friendship with a guy because like I could be flirty and I knew I could keep them and they wouldn't reject me whereas with girls like they have nothing to gain from me so of course they're going to reject me that's not safe ah! <laughs> so gross
0: yeah. One of the reasons I, I'm loving this conversation and Maddie knows this, I talked about it before we started, is that Maddie and I dealt with so many of the same demons, yeah. the same tricks, the same traps, you know, like in C.S. Lewis's book, um, Screwtape Letters, the demons use the same tricks on a lot of different people. Yeah.
1: And different people have different. So I think we say this. I don't know if this is a common like term for it. But everyone has different blind spots. Right. So I'm not usually one to be tricked into like a fit of anger or gossiping isn't like a huge trap for me. Like it's usually pretty easy for me to avoid that stuff or like witchcraft isn't like a huge draw or like yoga and new age. But my blinds or even like fame and success was never really a huge idol. Me either. It was like boys and boys.
0: Me too. And so like that was very much my blind spot. Me too.
1: And that we were able to help each other.
0: Praise God. And
1: helping a see. Because it's the same one. I just
0: feel like this is so important. Like, because this hasn't been talked about yet on thank this. Thank you, Jesus. So thank you, thank you Lord. My into- capacity for understanding what a quote-unquote demon was years ago was only in Africa. That only existed or like in Africa. like that movie, The Exorcist. Or movies like The Exorcist. Or movies like Saw. Or like, Ugh. just... Yeah. That kind of, like, that's demanding. Really
1: tense, really scary. Yeah. Really
0: rare. Yeah. But like me... I. I'm an American girl who like accepted Christ at 18. So like I've been baptized. I don't have demons. I have a cross tattoo. I have Matthew (laughs) seven on my arm, you know? So I, I really want you guys to know whoever, whoever hears this, that, that when we say demon, we're not necessarily saying that we were like possessed, possessed by demons. We were very much so oppressed by demonic influences, demonic thought processes, like Cheyenne says, demonic mindsets, worldly mm-hmm. mindsets. You know, mm-hmm. because the Bible says that that Satan is the prince of the air here mm-hmm. on Earth,
1: and there's principalities and
0: right. Like
1: in the same way that God has an an army of angels, so does the enemy. Right, the, f- the
0: fallen angels. So the there's fallen order angel to it and. Yeah. They exist. Yeah. And we (laughs) encourage you to go study that on your own. Like we're not sitting here as theologians. We're sitting Mm -hmm. here as two girls who love God. And yeah. One thing I would love to say about like creating a grid for you guys of this is
1: I did not have one until I started noticing I would see like until I started having demons leave my life and everything about me changed. Like suddenly something that I really wanted and was obsessed with and couldn't not have looked disgusting to me and the other thing was beautiful like not by any not by me deciding to be a good pure girl that's right it was I was delivered of an evil spirit and suddenly the impure things that used to draw me lost their hold and seemed really icky and the purity that used to look so boring and lame and like what am I gonna do all the time if not think (laughs) about boys looked amazing looked amazing and, and felt clean and it was like and holy I've been like scrubbed clean from the inside and Woo! Like, holiness
0: wasn't this weird word of old people in robes at a church see that's what I was going to say earlier <laughs> is what I used to think purity and holiness was my only understanding of it was old people old people was old dead people yes that may have underst- even like the Amish so strange like that that's how yes. I would explain it when the Bible says that his will for us is to be holy, be holy. <laughs> As he is holy. As he is holy. So it's none of us. We, we have nothing to do with it. Which really means Except like. Except
1: for surrendering. Holy, reconciled to God. Woo. Like W-H-O-L-L-Y, reconciled. That's like right. Not, because sin create, erects these walls between you and God, which blocks the communion and the relationship that he created for us to be in with him, yeah. like in the garden with Adam and Eve. That's right. And so holiness is like, I can stand fully connected to God because he's holy wow and you just like sin sin the only thing that can stay in fire like sin everything would burn up in fire but fire doesn't burn up in fire Woo. you know so like that purity it has to be completely pure to endure like the fire of standing in the presence of a holy God
0: amen but it's wonderful it's wonderful um, I love what you said <laughs> about like there's there was no way of you knowing you had a demon until yeah. it left yes and then what I love something that I love that That Cheyenne and Kevin, our pastors, teach is like when you let's say you get delivered or let's say you um, you deny your flesh of -hmm. a temptation. Mm -hmm. Okay, because there's difference. There's a difference. I used to think everything was a demon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll never forget when I first came into freedom, I read a book called Supernatural Deliverance, which I still recommend for new Mm -hmm. believers. I do recommend that book. But after that, I was so. (laughs) <laughs> I was so new and such a baby a pendulum swing. Yeah, pendulum swung way far over to <laughs> Oh, that's a demon. Oh, that's a demon. And that's not true. Not because right. the Bible says to deny yourself. Yeah. Pick Our up your cross and follow him. Things. So there are there are differences and I'm, we're not saying everything's a demon. Butterfly. Was that a butterfly? <gasps> a butterfly. Oh, Thank you, Lord. <laughs> new life, purity. Amen. Wow. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Beautiful, um Lord. something that I've learned from Cheyenne and Kevin is that when you get delivered once, and you experience a level of freedom, it becomes addicting, mm-hmm. because that's Jesus's will for us is to be free. Oh, he He died for our freedom. Oh, you
1: know what it's like. He died for our freedom. It's like when you go to the optometrist or to get glasses, and they're like flipping through the lenses, and they're like, which one's better, A or B? <gasps> and you're like, go. You're like looking. And you're like, okay, this is how I see. It. And then you get a clear one. You're like, wait, I can actually see now. Woo! And then you get a clear one. You're like, whoa, wait, whoa. it gets clearer than this. That's what it. Gets deliverance kind of that- feels like. And so you're
0: like well it's really clear now but I bet it can get clear like I want it to be clear I want it to be the clearest which is his will which is his will I love that oh. analogy I think that's exactly what deliverance feels like and I remember I don't know if someone said this before me in our church but I remember feeling like when I first got delivered of that first demon I remember walking <laughs> outside the following week and colors were brighter yes. and sounds were literally. louder
1: like literally like
0: actually it's being born again I would again. touch my
1: skin and be like
0: Am I alive? Was I here before? <laughs> like. Which I would know that I re-
1: once I started coming into freedom and like seeing more and more clearly, Yeah. I realized my whole life, I would every once in a while have, dream- I would have reoccurring dreams where in the dream, everything was blurry and I couldn't see. And as soon as I started getting delivered and counting the Lord, I started dreaming. Woo. Like he started speaking to me in dreams and I, I've never, I would have dreams that I was either blurry and couldn't see, or I was like so drowsy and sleepy. And like couldn't couldn't walk. I was like paralyzed walking through quicksand. And it like the Lord was showing me my spiritual reality. Like Man. I actually couldn't see. And I was asleep. Jesus. But now like I'm awake and he speaks to me.
0: I'm gonna fast forward with you for a second Maddie because I want you to get to this part of the story and like kind of the quick version of Nicaragua and then what was going on there and while that was happening what was going on here in Nashville through our now pastor Cheyenne. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. Yeah I, I encountered the Lord
1: in Nashville at that point I got connected to our now pastors they didn't have a church yet she was just a worship leader at another church and yeah I was very much drawn to the, the work of the Lord in her life mm-hmm. so moved back to LA and somehow ended up in Nicaragua at this resort retreat place but partying just wild and so Cheyenne's in Nashville has no idea really that I'm in Nicaragua or the jungle and suddenly has a vision that I'm in a jungle being pursued by a and the enemy and that it was this huge thing and from the look of the vision she knew it was just about to overtake me and from her kitchen she cried out and said Lord rescue her prompted by his spirit you know her true heart and just prayed um, Jesus and I think I texted her like I was I was over I was on this like the top of the bungalow out looking at the jungle and I I was looking at overlooking the jungle and just thinking like I have more questions now than I did when I started this pursuit for truth. And I remember crying out and saying, God, like if you're the true God, I used to be so sure. And now I'm so confused. And I think I like something in me felt to text Cheyenne. And I think all I said was "hi," Like that was like all I could give. I was so dead inside. I had nothing to give. I, my grandpa ends up starting to die. So I go back for him to say goodbye to back to LA, back home with my parents. And, um, at this, what had happened a month before my friend Louisa, who had been in Nashville and also moved back to LA, both of us had been in LA at the same time and started dying in the music industry at the same time together. Um, her career was kind of at like a height of success and like very promising, but she was also dying and she's talked about that. Yeah.
0: She's been on season
1: one. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. And that's an awesome testimony. But And so I'm back in L.A. from Nicaragua, wondering if I should go back to Nicaragua or what, feeling just dead inside. And I get a call from Louisa, and she just says, Maddie, we were wrong. I can't go into detail, but you just need to come to Nashville and... And talk to Cheyenne. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and so I they come to pick me up. But the second that my plan landed and the wheels touched ground in Nashville, I felt as if a massive hand from heaven reached down and picked off this thick veil that was covering my face, like an invisible blanket, and pulled it off. And for the first time in nine months, I felt the presence of God. Whoa! I saw him, and it was in in one second. I immediately saw all of the deception, every place I'd been wrong, not just in the nine months of spiraling away from the faith, but the 22 years of being a Christian in pride and sin and hypocrisy and was much more remorseful and repentant over those years of pride than the years of like blatant sin. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like I saw how much I'd not honored God. Jesus. I saw him. And through that weekend, basically one conversation at a time just prayed with Cheyenne and the Lord started revealing all the spirits that I'd been like oppressed by and one by one they started leaving and at that was where I that was where I gained a grit and started to realize like oh witchcraft is a thing and like demons are a thing and not just like in cute little funny kid shows that were like witchcraft is cool but like wow it's like so evil and I almost died Like, Like almost killed me. Like, it almost killed me, and, like, God saved me, and I, and it was this moment where I realized, like, I had been a Christian, and I learned a lot of things in church, but some of them I don't, I'd never found in the Bible, and I realized after all of that, it was, like, this moment of, like, what can I trust of everything I've heard and learned when I, like, just... So much of what I was taught just led me to death. And I realized the only thing that I can trust is the word of God. Amen. And so I I began, and I was encouraged by Cheyenne to do this, read the Bible like your life depends on it. Because Because it it does. does. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) And I I decided in my heart, if I find something in this Bible and my life does not line up with it, I'm changing my life. By the grace of God. By the grace of God. And um, if I've learned something in church and I don't see it in the Bible... I'm throwing it out. Come on. Or learn something from the world or anything, you know? Friends. And so I I began to aggressively renew
0: my mind around what the Bible says. Because you realized at that point it was life or death. Because I realized it was life or death. It was actual life or death. True. Like, (laughs) because the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. destroy. So he was killing you. He was killing and destroying And God was offering you life.
1: Oh.
0: And he did. And you accepted the invitation. (laughs) Yes. And it was so beautiful. I that was where my grid
1: for now I s now I like almost it's so common to talk about like being oppressed by a spirit or right, right, being right. delivered, right, a demon. Me too. And I sometimes have to catch myself and remember that a lot of people don't have the grid for it. Yeah. But you just gain the grid for yeah. it when you know, you're sitting in someone's living room who's praying for you and they say, Is there anything you need to repent of? And I don't even really know what repentance is, except that Really religious people used to like <laughs> beat it over people's heads, right? Or like stand on street corners with the sign, with the sign. And and say was you're like, going to hell. Is that even that feels so rude, right. you know? Yeah. And then I'm sitting there and hear a whisper saying a phrase that I'm like, I don't even know what that means, and I definitely don't think I deal with that. But she just asked me, if "There's anything I need to repent of?" And that's all. My mind was totally blank except for that whisper. And so, what was the whisper? With zero faith, I said it out loud zero faith I said I guess I repent of a savior complex and Woo! at that moment it was like those weighted x-ray blankets they put on you yep. it was like I'd been wrapped in one and it lifted off of me flew up in the air I looked up and I saw a shadow and it flew out the room and I thought I've lost my mind <laughs> Did I really just see that? Cheyenne's going to think I'm crazy. I look back at her. Her jaw was her open. Jaws dro- her mouth has <laughs> dropped, her jaws open, and I'm like, you saw that too? And she looked at me with like such light in her eyes and she said, it looks like there's a spotlight shining on your face. Because there was. Because there was. And from and I, because I was delivered of so much darkness in mm-hmm. that moment. And from that moment on, just little by little I've come to walk into more light and more truth and more freedom. And You know, it's one of those things that you don't have a grid for it until suddenly things are happening to you and you're like, well, this is kind of undeniable. Undeniable. That same person who had like pursued me with witchcraft. There was one day once I moved from Nashville and had completely broken that off. There was a day where I suddenly was right back in that same confusion swirl. and Like was so discouraged. I was crying out to the Lord. And I w- was like, Lord, I thought I've been delivered of this. Like suddenly all these weird thoughts and old mindsets were coming back. And I was on the floor of my apartment, which the apartment that I got was called
0: mercy. Uh. <laughs> and the Lord said, I'm about to, you're moving into my mercy. Sorry. It's, again. it's like when I, what I picture from that is you're crying out to God and he's showing you the reality of what you were in. Like, Hey, don't like, that, hey, you're not crazy. You're not a crazy. Battle. Now don't go back, <laughs> you know? Uh, I rescued you. Now so don't return good. to Egypt. That's so Don't go back. Good. So. so good. Oh, I love you so much, Maddie. I love you so much. Will you just pray? Will you pray deliverance over people? Yeah. And and anything else you feel to kind of close us out? Yeah. This has been amazing. This has been so This fun. is one of my favorites, for sure.
1: It's it's so fun to share cuz I kind of like it's become so normalized to us that I forget how crazy some some of this stuff sounds, and yet like one thousand percent. I don't ever want anyone to see me or my Instagram or my worship songs. And like, I, I had a friend. I had a conversation with a girl who, like, a, a couple years ago, came to me, dealing with the same demons, and I testified to her and like offered her freedom, and she was shocked to hear that I had struggled with the same issues because she said, yeah. "What
0: you? you are so
1: pure." Yep, and I. Was like okay, maybe I need to be way more. Like maybe I need to talk <laughs> about this more so people know it is not my purity, is not my goodness. Like, Amen. Me without Jesus was a mess, a very impure, hopeless mess. Amen. And I don't, I, I don't want anyone. Not that I want to glorify the darkness that I was in, right. but I don't want anyone to see His light in me and think wow, that's so beautiful. I wish I was pure and godly.
0: Right, because some things that people might think is, oh, they just have more self-control than me. Yes. Or, oh, they're just more interested in Jesus than me. And no, that's not it. Like it is Self-control
1: is a fruit of the of Spirit. Of His
0: Spirit, yeah. And love for Jesus. Yeah. I love how Roland Baker
1: says this. He says it's the Holy Spirit's job to create love in your heart for Jesus. Woo. So if you don't have love for Jesus that's okay God has to create it right so you just say God I want to love you right you don't like drum it up no
0: (laughs) in your strength it's not
1: you being good that you love God it's the blood of Jesus is amazing that he allows us to be freed from the death grip of sin right to give us pure hearts that love him again man so good well in Jesus name yeah in Jesus name Lord I just thank you that your word says that they overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So I just plead the blood of Jesus, the beautiful, powerful, perfect blood that was shed for our sins and the sins of our parents that may have passed on to us. I plead that over every person listening. If anyone is struggling with any of the things we've talked about, or if you're, if you're revealing something else that they struggle with, I plead the blood of Jesus over their lives, over their minds and over their hearts and I and I and I ask that the word of this testimony inspires faith to do it again in their lives. Yes, Lord. That they would grasp that the freedom is just as much for them as it was for me, and as it was for Baylor, and as it continues to be for us. So, in Jesus' name, I just pray that they be filled with Your Spirit and with a hunger to know more, Lord. That they that they would open the Bible for themselves and see what You say about deliverance and about freedom from oppression um one thing a friend told me a couple of days ago was and i just thought this was so is so simple but so profound and she was talking about um she works with a lot of inner city people who just struggle with a lot of heavy heavy oppression and heavy situations and atmospheres jesus and ministers there in the heart of a very oppressed city and she said one thing that i'm realizing is the reason why demonic oppression and influence can come is because people think they, they choose to partner with a demon because it makes them feel empowered or protected. And it just hit me in that moment. That is the beauty of renewing your mind and that a lot of deliverance, honestly, and it's, it's not something to be afraid of and it's not that the, the cloak lifting off of me was the only, deliverance I've experienced that I physically felt something shift everything else has been a mindset change that is good that's true and her saying that made me realize it was me renewing my mind and discovering truth in the bible of like Jesus saying um do not be greedy and like be oh this is what it is um contentment in itself is great wealth Woo. and don't seek wealth for Jesus has said I will never leave you forsake you whoa and it took me a while for my mind to be renewed around um, like God being my provider yeah and the more that I believe that God was my provider the less I would partner with ambition or greed to have more money to have whatever right because I thought I needed money to keep me safe Jesus the truth is I need God to keep me safe I thought I needed to do something to provide for myself the truth is God provides for me so as your mind's renewed you stop believing the tricks of the enemy right to get you to partner with him yeah so like we realized we don't find our value in being um attractive to boys exactly so then we stopped partnering with the seductive spirit that's
0: right because I didn't need that anymore I had my value in Christ right things like that and a tangible example is like I remember before freedom before being delivered of similar this the same spirit of seduction and lust and all those things I remember walking into grocery stores and looking around expecting guys to look at me and they would I was drawing that Mm -hmm. Drawing that, you know, attention. Attention. It wasn't just like happenstance. That's not just like a chemistry thing. Just FYI. That whole term, like we have chemistry. No, 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 no. no. Chemistry could be like a demonic magnetic pull. But then after being set free, I remember walking into grocery stores and no one looking at me (laughs) and loving it. (laughs) It was freedom. Freedom. Because Christ has his eyes eyes on me forever. (laughs) and he never leaves us or forsakes us like you said that's so good Maddie about deliverance not it doesn't always look like a tangible manifestation mm-hmm. outwardly it, it can it rarely does it me. can yeah but and that's beautiful can. if it does yes. but it's also just as beautiful when you're sitting at your you know in your prayer closet and God reveals something to you that you need to be delivered from and you repent for it and it leaves and then your mind changes your mind changes it. so good. so beautiful Oh, hey I love you so you much I thanks for you. thanks for doing this
1: <laughs> oh my gosh this is so fun
0: so fun in Jesus name be the thank you guys for listening we love you all be blessed be filled with the Holy Ghost yes <laughs> bye bye!